Thank you so much for tuning in to the Adventure Between Us podcast. Wow. I'm just, I'm really constantly amazed by what God does in my life and what he does in the lives of people around me. So yesterday I was at a coffee shop and it was actually, it was a pretty dope coffee shop. Um, They definitely make good coffee, especially like their frappes. I don't really like their food as much though, but that's a different story. Anyways, so here I was at this coffee shop and I went there honestly because I was kind of forced to get out of my house. Um, (laughs) Preston was like, yo bro, you need to go into town and just go sit by some people. Um, Because most of the time I'm out in the wilderness, you know, just hiking, hammocking, kind of by myself. And as an extrovert, that cannot always be the best. Um, But I also do hang out with a lot of the inter people here. But sometimes I just, I'm in my own little world and I don't really actually like talk to them. I'm more just like make small conversation with them. Um, and that, that's its own form of like energy, but sometimes I just need to be by people and not expected to talk, which is one of the reasons why I love honestly window shopping because I can get like that extroverted recharge without having to talk to people. And that's kind of what I needed. Um, which is why I ended up at this coffee shop to just work on some projects. And honestly, I was planning to do a lot of like editing and just work on the film festivals and all that kind of stuff. And God's like, no, just take your Bible, take your journal, take some pens, take your laptop and go, (laughs) you know, like that's all you need. And honestly, I was not planning for that. Like I was, I had in my head what I thought I was going to be doing. And God just kind of like quickly with like that little voice of discernment was like, no, take your Bible, take your journal, take your laptop. That's all you need. So I get to this coffee shop and I order my coffee and then I sit down and I'm just like, well, I don't, I don't really know what I'm like, what do you want me to do now, God? Like, I'm going to read my Bible, but what, what do you want me to read? And the past few days, honestly, I've like been in a spiritual battle over my peace. And I say that because I have been really hard lately building and working on building a spiritual stronghold in my mind for my peace, to have a sound mind, to focus on the positive. You know, I'm not going to think about the negative. I'm going to let go of the past, like stuff like that. And so the past like three days, I have just been under assault with my peace. Like I just, it was, it was like, you're just, you know, you're kind of sitting out in the water, just talking to a friend. And then all of a sudden, like you just, this wave just like pounds you. That's where I was. And so God's just like, just open up your Bible. And I happened to open it up to Isaiah and I just kind of start reading. You know, I start reading through what was happening to God's people and God's like just emotions, like with his wrath, but then his love. And I finally got to Isaiah 32 and Isaiah 32, 17 says, the fruit of righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. And instantly that just kind of hit me. Like it just, it was, it was like that. Whoa. Like, you know how, when you're reading the Bible, God just like picks out 
parts of scripture for you and you can read the same chapter over and over and every single time find something or think about something different because that's the holy spirit with the living breathing word of god working inside of you and so that verse just like really hit me like the fruit of righteousness is peace and i just kind of like went back to that like why is that so important because like i said the past like week or so past couple weeks i have been slowly working on changing my mindset renewing my mind clearing it out detoxing and whatnot but I had also, I think, probably in this past week, slowly lost track of the importance of peace, but also understanding truly what peace is. Because in our culture, we have a very misinterpretation of what peace is. You know, um, our culture definitely says that peace is the, the absence of conflict, basically. Like, it's the opposite of conflict. And I'm going to get to that later. Like I have like my Bible notes because that's kind of what I'm just basing this off of today. Um, And the sad thing is if that's all we think of peace is, then we are very, very miss just downplaying the importance of peace, you know, and that's not good. (laughs) You know, the world's definition here, the world's definition of peace simply means being free from sufferings, but The Bible promises many sufferings, but also peace when you are a follower of Christ, which automatically contradicts the dictionary, Webster dictionary definition of peace. So if peace is simply being free from suffering, if that's what we base our definition of peace on, we will never have peace. You won't because God already said you will be faced with many trials of suffering. So how are you supposed to have this peace that the world is claiming? Peace, peace. We just want peace and love and harmony when you're also going to have sufferings automatically as a believer in Christ. Because the Bible promises many sufferings, but it also promises peace. So what is the peace of Yah? You know, shalom is the Hebrew word and it means wholeness and completeness. Irene, if I pronounced that right, I hope I did, is the Greek word, which comes from the root yero, which means to join or tie together into a whole. And then there's also a piece in our English Bibles in Mark 439, which is Siopeo. I don't know. I'm not very good with my Greek and whatnot, guys. So give me give me a little credit. I don't even really like Greek food, to be honest. No offense to those Greeks out there. But that means to be silent. Biblical peace is truly not something we can create on our own because it's a fruit of the spirit from Yah, who is our source and supplier. And so I was just really starting, I guess, to break down what peace is because when you grow up, you hear the same words over and over and over. Honestly, especially with our 21st century with social media and whatnot, we we have come to a very limited word supply. And we honestly don't really know what those words mean because we have very shallow meanings for these words. And half the time it's just, it becomes that like, oh, it's just a known fact. But then you're like, oh, okay. It's a known fact. Tell me the 10 commandments in order. And you're like, oh, wait, do I actually, can I, I gotta think about this now, you know, like stuff like that. Um, and so God yesterday was just really teaching me to redefine the word peace. You know, because the fruit of righteousness will be peace. It says can't, it doesn't say can be peace. It says will be peace. You know, and then when you read down, it says a rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is key to this treasure. So we're going to receive a rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. 
And the fear of the Lord is key to this treasure. And what does it truly mean to fear the Lord? You know, what do you depend on daily? You know, and I just, I kind of really just started breaking down these thoughts and God just kind of started taking me on this trail and he just kind of bringing me his truth. And one of the things that he said, is like, when you read the word of Yah, his peace settles over you in a way one can't explain and you are renewed. That is the renewing of your mind. But the renewing of your mind also is every single day, new neurons are being born into your brain while you sleep at night. You know, that's like, that's the promises of God. Like you have the opportunity to renew your mind every single day and change your thought process, but it comes down to you choosing, you know, and he just then continued on with Isaiah 43. When I got there, it was just forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And a couple years ago, that verse was like a really key highlight in like the youth group that I was in. And it was just like, see, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And that was like what they mainly were like getting at. So every time I read that verse, I immediately kind of like out of habit, just see, I'm doing a new thing. It's like, oh, what God's doing, you know? But God really yesterday just hit me with the first part of that verse, which like is 18, not 19, of forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. And how often do we dwell on the past, which then steals our peace? You know, how often do when we dwell on the past, we don't even dwell on the good stuff. Like I have some people that I used to be like really close friends with. And like, it's kind of sad because I'm not friends with them anymore. And that is a desire to one day have back those friendships, like when we're all at a healthier state in our lives. Um, Because like early college years, I definitely feel like definitely uproot a lot of friendships and like test the boundaries because people are truly finally out on their own. But that's like a totally different topic. And Meanless to say, with these friendships, I have years of good memories with them. And then I have that bad burnout of just one day with a miscommunication, conflict, and next thing you know, like, we don't even talk anymore. And it's like, it's frustrating because, like, you reach out and they don't reach out back. And it's like, okay, well, at least if I did something wrong, tell me. And, like, I started to really dwell on that and just really focus on that negative point in that, like, friendship. Of just like, well, then they're really a biatch, you know? Like, why aren't, why won't they at least tell me if I did something wrong? Like, at least confront me with it, you know? Because I'm very much that person. Like, I, if I do something wrong, I want you to confront me because I'm going to confront you back when you do something wrong. Like, I'm just a very blunt, up, like, let's talk about it, let's be diplomatic about it type of person. Where a lot of my friends are much more of the, they want to avoid conflict because they don't know how to have conflict people where I was definitely raised in a household of you better have conflict and you better know how to handle conflict kind of thing. Not saying that's healthy, but that's kind of the surroundings I was raised in. Um, and so, yeah, I was just really constantly focusing on the negative in the past and I wasn't even focusing on the good in the past. But also with that, how often do I focus on the past that I don't even look at the opportunities God's placed in front of me right now with all these other female interps that I have here that like we work with and like we're with on the weekdays and weekends just hanging out and building friendships to actually pour into that relationship. There's actually a rock climbing um, women's ministry community right up here. And like, that's like a huge opportunity, guys. Just like, dude, I'm literally placing people who enjoy the same hobby as you and that love me, like pour into those relationships. And so I guess like he was just really asking me, like, how often do I dwell on the past? And how often do you dwell on the past? Like, how often do you dwell on the past and allow the past to steal your peace? You know, but then the next thing about do you not perceive it? To perceive means to catch, grab, seize, distinguish, and discern. 
to notice. How often do we not have the discernment and wisdom of God to discern what he is doing in our lives? Because we don't take the time to actually focus and meditate on his word and what he's doing. You know, how many of us can truly discern what the Lord is doing, but if you are truly walking with him, you can discern that because he gives wisdom and discernment to those who ask. You know, and I just, I really, really started thinking about that. And so the peace was just really breaking it down. Like yesterday, the Lord, you know, in Isaiah 48, 17, it says, I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. You know, he teaches us his peace. Because when we are in peace, a true spiritual biblical peace, we are also in harmony and we are in love because peace is a fruit of the spirit and the spirit is love because out of love flows all things. And so when you have the peace of God, you are in harmony and then your DNA is in the wirings that it should be and it's not out of chaos order, which means then you are living a healthy, whole, complete discerning life and you are able to heal and help heal others. You are a light. Like nobody's ever been turned away from a peaceful person. You know, and when you are doing what is the Lord's commands and when you are actually choosing to listen to his teachings, he's going to have your best care in store. He promises that, you know. So going back to why is peace so important and how do we get this spiritual peace, not the world's version? When we pay attention to his commands, our peace is like a river because you're actually learning to trust his commands. You know, peace flows from purity. You know, and I feel like a lot of times, at least in my head, when I hear the word purity, I think of the very slightly indoctrinating and damaging purity culture that we had going in the mid and early 2000s, which there were some good takes. They just, they did not go about it in a healthier way. And I'm definitely going to have a discussion in the future about that. Um, and so I immediately think of just like, oh, cover up, don't show your kneecaps kind of thing when I hear the word purity. Um, but that's not actually what purity means. Purity means a wholeness, a completeness without blemish, you know, and God has called us to peace. You know, first Corinthians seven fifteen says that like Yah has called you to peace and then he wants you to plan for peace. Proverbs twelve twenty. You know, you cannot have a divided heart. A divided heart and peace do not go together. And the world has a divided heart because they're chasing after money and fame and love and all these broken down just world that they try to shiny up of, look, look, you can have peace and you can have love and you can be accepted. And, you know, you want to be happy, like join the gay culture because you're the happiest culture alive. And the sad thing is every single gay person pretty much I've talked to, yeah, they're, they're very happy and peaceful on the forefront. But when you actually start to hear their pain and traumas on the inside, they're some of the most hurting people I think I have ever met. And I, I'm not labeling them as like hurting and broken. Like that's not what I'm saying. It's just from my experiences. But I do find it ironic because gay literally means happy. And then we like transformed it into meaning something else. Um, but the world has a very divided heart and the things that they want and so they keep going like addicts chasing other things that will give them a satisfaction for a little while but then it runs out and they have to go get their fix again but peace is a wholeness it's a completeness it's a deeper inner flowing thing that out of it flows joy 
You know, peace is harmony. Peace brings prosperity and well-being. That's that's a promise of God. When you are in the peace of God, he promises to bring you prosperity and well-being. You know, the presence of peace indicates God's blessings on man's obedience. Isaiah 26.3. Like that is a promise of God. That the presence of peace in one's life indicates God's blessing. Like not the peace like, oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm calm with it. I'm not just chill. I'm not like making no arguments. But like the true spiritual peace of God. Because that means you are wholeness and completeness walking with him. It indicates God's blessings on man's obedience because you've been obedient to him. He's blessing you with his peace. Like that's a promise of God is he promises to bless his people with peace. His blessings will be peace. I don't know the exact verse for that, um, but I do know it is out there because I remember reading it just a few weeks ago. Um, (laughs) And so because I remember actually talking to a friend about it of like no this is a promise of god yes it's psalms twenty nine eleven. he blesses his people with peace like peace is a blessing and that is something not everybody has it's why people who do have peace are so attractive because the world wants that but a counterfeit version only can distract them for so long and a lot of people want that peace but they're also not willing to do the work to get that peace And like I said, the Greek word for peace is Irene, and it refers to rest and tranquility. You know, Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God rule our lives. You know, love, joy, and peace, like they're all interconnected. You really honestly can't have one without the other. Because out of love flows joy and peace, and you can't have peace until you're walking in God's love. You know, they're all interconnected. And like I was going back to at the very beginning is how often do we miss the biblical idea of peace? Like seriously, like let's think about that. How often do we miss the biblical idea of peace? Because we have embraced the lowest common denominator, the idea that peace means the absence of conflict or hostility. And if peace is just the opposite of war, then it's a nice idea, but hardly one to carry all the weight the Bible puts on it. Like if Yah designed peace and Yah's design, peace means so much more than the opposite of war because God is a God of peace, but he's also a God of war. So how can you have war and peace at the same time? How can you be walking in God's peace and be filled with his peace and then go slaughter the city that he told you to slaughter? Like all throughout the Old Testament, that's what you see, but you saw peace and war together. So if the world's definition is peace is just the opposite of war, then they truly will never have peace because God's, like I already said, promises suffering and he also promises peace. And he's also the God of war, but he's also the God of peace. He is Jehovah Shalom. It is a state of being which gives rise to the blessings of prosperity. That is peace. You know, peace is the restoration of wholeness. To have peace is to have Christ. It's an inheritance. If you do not have peace, you cannot have joy because like I said, they're already all connected. It's a foundation. And peace is just so much deeper than just the opposite of war and being free from suffering. Biblical peace is a fruit from Yah. It's a blessing. And you see it all throughout the Bible, Galatians 5, 22, Psalms 34, 14, Romans 12, 18, Romans 14, 19, 2 Corinthians 13, 11, Hebrews 12, 14, and the list goes on and on. And there's so many benefits to Yah's peace. One, good health. 
It's a peace of mind. It allows the soul and body to rest and to renew and to restore and to heal. It allows your brain to be at rest so that way your body's functions aren't on a survival adrenaline state, but they're on a rebuilding restoration state. So they're healing the damaged cells and DNA in your body. It allows too a positive mindset. You know, you don't get up worked up. You expect the best of things. You don't let the little things frazzle you. You just simply say, okay, it's not meant for me. And something doesn't work out. And you do, you expect the best to come because you know God has your best care in store. And if Yah has your best care in store, you expect the best and you have a positive mindset. You say, nope, it's going to work out in my favor because you know God's blessing is upon you because his peace is upon you. Three, you have hope. The peaceful are hopeful. When you have peace, you are hopeful because you're not helpless. Because you are made in a wholeness and completeness. You're only helpless when you are lacking the good things of Yah. Four, you build and fortify relationships like medicine to their challenges. That is who you are. You never turn away from helping a peaceful person. Like if you think about it, those people that are like, man, I just want to help that person. It's because they're peaceful and you feel good for helping them because their peace is like a flame and you feel warmth and life from that flame. It's the lamp on a stand, a light on a hilltop. You do, you, you smooth over the conflicts. You have a peaceful thing. You don't go looking for drama. You know, you want your peace and you protect it. And so therefore you surround yourself with people who want to protect their peace. And they do. They can have healthy conflict confronting conversations with you. You guys can talk and have debates and disagreements and still pursue that friendship where so many people in our society, it's like, you don't think the same way as me. We can't be friends. You have a different viewpoint on that. We can't be friends. Like, People just want an echo chamber of themselves, and that's not a friendship. A friendship is meant to grow you and refine you. It's meant to call you out being like, hey, you're being stupid right now. That's that's not biblical, man. I mean, probably with more love, but like that's how I talk to like my friends sometimes, and that's how they talk to me. But you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's to build and fortify those relationships. It's to forgive and have discernment, not forgive and not forget, like, you know. So many people in our culture, they either have the, you just need to forgive and forget with the Judas teaching that a lot of some Christian culture teaches, or you have the, I'm going to forgive you, but I don't forget. And I constantly kind of hold it over your head, passive aggressism, which isn't healthy. God says to forgive and have discernment, you know, and it's to have that, but it's also to forgive them and to build them up and not make them feel like a horrible human being and shame them when you correct them or you call them out. Like that is a skill that comes from walking with Christ and diplomacy that he teaches you. Six, creativity. Peace enables one to be creative because the mind is restful and not crowded with worries and thoughts. A peaceful mind is observant and very attentive. Ideas are quick to settle on a calm mind. You are either in a survival state or a creative state. And when you are in a survival state, you are not creating. Creating is the first thing that goes out the door. It's another reason why people who do not have money problems are often the most creative people in the world because they've learned to make money work for them so that way they can create. Because as a created being, we were created by a creator and we are art. And he wants us to be art and he wants us to create because we are made in his image. And if he is a creator, that means we are creators. You know, 
And so when you're walking in his peace, creativity just flows because the beauty flows. Number seven, satisfaction and contentment. That comes from peace. Like you are just satisfied because you're lacking no good thing. You're not thirsty for water, you know, because you have the living spirit inside of you. I mean, you're probably going to still get dehydrated. You might actually need some H2O, but like, you know where I'm going with that, guys. You know, and you just, you do, you have that satisfaction and contentment with life because you know things are working out. You know God's going to supply all that you need. You know that he provides you food and water and rest. You know, he has your best care in store. You lie in those green pastures and rest. He prepares a table in the presence of your enemies. That is the father. And you know that. And with that comes progress. Because when you are peaceful, you are also progressing. Because you are doing and out of that peace, you are just flowing as all your life should be. You're not trying to hold on to things out of fear and out of that like lack of supply. It's like, oh no, this might run out. I got to hold on to it with a tight fist. You know, if that person leaves your life, that's okay. Because God's going to bring more people into your life. And some people aren't in your life for a season. That is not the end of the world that that relationship doesn't work out because he has someone better in store for you. And finally, eight, favor. People receive joy from peaceful people. So you often find favor in the eyes of people when you are peaceful. Because like I said, it's like that warm flame just bringing them warmth. It's that flame that just burns so brightly that they just love it because it is. It's a furnace and it's a flowing river of life and people are attracted to that. You know, you're not trying to start conflicts. You're just working hard and honoring God in all that you do. And people find that and they find joy in that. And so therefore you find favor in their eyes more often than not. Because you're not trying to start a fight with them. You're a safe area for them to rest in a sense and to find that love of God, to go get a drink out of that well of water. So as I leave you today, guys, I just... I really challenge you, don't just take what I've found as the truth of like, oh, that's what peace is. Like, this is definitely a learning tool, but definitely pursue the peace of Yah by yourselves. Get in the word, study it. Let him speak to you and renew your mind and teach you new things. Let him give you insight and wisdom on things that I might have not even seen. And if you do find something really cool, feel free to hit me up on the gram, man. And if you're not on Instagram... I'm on YouTube. You can message me there. You know, you can leave a comment of just like, yeah, peace. Like, peace is something worth pursuing. And in our world that definitely portrays peace and love and joy as different things than they truly are, it can sometimes be a almost mentally frustrating momentary uphill battle to uproot the lies and put in actually the truth of Yah. But that's something he promises. You know, pray for him to break all demonic strongholds in your mind. And I say demonic strongholds because in the Bible, the Lord is spoken as a stronghold. And if you ask him to break all strongholds, he's also going to break the good ones. And you don't want that. You only want the demonic bad ones broken out of your life. So thank you so much for listening. And I just hope and pray that the shalom of Yah just covers you guys today. That you just find him and meditate on his truth. And just allow your heart and soul to rest. Allow your mind to be still. It's been such a blessing and I hope to be back here next week. Shalom.